What's good, y'all? My name is Jonathan Dumas, and this is the Real Talk with Dumas podcast, where I have real conversations with the people I see every day because we don't know what we miss until we miss them. And this week, I sit down with my guy, Gustavo Boldrini, from the Goose is Loose podcast. That is right. It is collab time, y'all. I am super excited for this conversation. Gustavo identifies himself as a wonderful husband to his wonderful wife, Chelsea. He's a soon-to-be lawyer. He's literally about to take the bar exam in a couple weeks, a Christian and an ex-libertarian. He and his mom immigrated from Brazil when he was a kid, and he's been a U.S. citizen for a while now. So he's actually a political science major for his undergrad. So he's examined the politics of the U.S. now for a while, and he always has interesting takes. He and his wife both identify as Afro-Latinx. And that has led to some very interesting dynamics as they've navigated being a black couple in predominantly white spaces. I respect the hell out of Gustavo. Um, one, because he's one of those guys that will literally do what he says and make sure that he does it. He keeps his word. Um, he's always, always, always thinking about others and what what is the best thing that he could possibly do to, to serve the people that are around him. This all comes in and comes out in this conversation. And you see it as we discuss politics, faith, and what it's like living as a black person in Orange County. Listen, I cannot wait for y'all to tune into this and listen to this, but I want to really encourage you to check out his podcast, Goose is Loose. It's available on all of your favorite listening platforms. Seriously, go check it out. Leave a review. All right, y'all. Here's Gustavo. No, but I think it's important that, um, like even me being, you know, a one, one brown guy in a white church in a white community, mm. I think it's so important to have friends of color who who get it, who don't have to like, explain things to. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Uh, I remember telling you a couple weeks ago that I had to have a conversation with my nephew uh, on Chelsea's side, and he's like, your skin color is like, mm-hmm. very black. And just talking to him about, like, listen, man, your uncle's going to be a lawyer. Like, if you get pulled over by the cops, you just do exactly what they say. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you yeah. just stay very calm, calmer mm-hmm. than them, because that's what they expect. Yep. And you just call me. And yep. we'll worry about your constitutional rights later. Yep. And, like... Telling someone that, they can understand, like, oh, that sounds hard. But they can't understand how scared I am yeah. and how scared I am for him. Mm-hmm. But, like, me, I'm, like, 240 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Think of, like, just a big brown guy. Yeah. <laughs> I get pulled up by cops. Cops are nervous. I can feel them nervous. Yep. Until they're, like, oh, wait, he's got a yellow law school sticker. That's why I have the sticker on my car yep. Yep. for the privilege. And they go, okay, this is, like, an educated guy. Maybe he's not going to attack me. Yeah. Which is such a crazy... Yeah. But that's how it goes. So talking to somebody who, like, you and Hendo, who I don't have to explain things to, mm. and feel that, like, you're not sympathetic, you're empathetic to the yep. situation. Yeah. I think that's huge. Yeah. I've described it to people as, like, a, honestly, a breath of fresh air. And I've had some really candid conversations with even some of, like, my best friends who listen to every pod- podcast. Shout out to y'all. But I, I think I... There comes a point where you have to, like, explain everything. Yeah. It no longer is, um, I'm no longer a friend at that point. I'm teacher. Yeah. And I'm doing like double work, triple work <laughs> at that point. And that's like, that's not what this, that's not what it should be. That's not what it is. Yeah. And actually, even that reminds me of a story. Like somebody was talking to me about um, an old counselor I went to, an old therapist I went to. And there was one time where I said like, I'm really scared. Like I'm terrified. I think it was around 2015, 2016. And I just, I'm like, I'm like terrified. I do I just, I'm just so exhausted. And I was working at a predominantly white institution at the time. And just, I was just going through a lot. And like, he asked me, oh, wow, that's interesting. He's a white guy. And he's like, yeah, please like tell me like what that's like. I'm not black. 
And I'm like, you're my counselor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, you know, at that point, it's like, I'm paying you for me to teach you why yeah. I'm scared of being black in Orange, like Orange yeah. County. Orange County specifically. Yeah, sure. Orange County specifically. You know, and so like it's, and now I have a black counselor and I have to explain that stuff and like we can just get to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's and it's nice. like, that's really nice. Oh Actually, it's funny you say that. Yeah. My wife literally just said, uh, and Chelsea, uh, she like grew up not really embracing her African side, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, yep. Because her mom is like pretty light skinned Latina. Okay. So she wasn't really around her dad and stuff. And she just now is like, you know, starting to take better because she's got my mom, really. My mom's been like a mentor for her. She's like, mm. she's trying to take care of her hair and yep. like this and that. And she said the same thing last week. She said, I need like a, a black counselor. Yeah. I need like a black therapist because yeah. the lady we go to, I mean, she, I like her a lot, but she's not going to get where Chelsea's coming from and a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And she can't. Yep. Like when I was talking, when I talked to people about the Confederate flag and what that means, mm. like they don't see the fear, yeah. you know, or like when I see a Trump flag or a Trump hat or a sign, yeah. I think that person's hostile to me. Yeah. Like I think this person, they might be a nice person, yeah. but I just know that they're probably afraid of me and mm. they're hostile yeah. to a lot of ideas that I would have, yep. you know, and that, and I, that's hard to explain. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It really, really is. And at this point, my politics definitely lean more left. Yeah. But like, number one, our two-party political system is like broken. It's flawed. Like, oh, oh it's not. It's not helpful for how like politics should be run. Our democratic choose sure. democ- democracy. All right, y'all. So the reason why I say our democratic system is flawed is because we only have two parties. Whether you're on the left or the right, you don't fall or align with every single value or every single thing that your political party stands for. It's just impossible. It's actually more of a spectrum. So that's why you'll hear terms of like a moderate Democrat or a moderate Republican or far left Democrat or far right. They made up those terms because people don't solidly align with a Republican or Democrat. Now in a true democracy, there would be multiple parties. And in fact, we would have a wide array of interests being represented. That's just not how we operate. Therefore, we are not a true democracy. We're a hybrid, which is totally fine. But we need to expand beyond just two parties. That's number one. Number two, you know, like, I don't even know how to put into words, like, why Trump is so bad for the U.S. Like, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it is, like, and and so, like, when I come and talk to somebody, like, as to why, like, I don't disagree with them, I don't want them to, the automatic assumption is, like, oh, you're just a liberal or a snowflake or whatever. And it's, like, that's not it, man. Like, when I, when I, like, what I learned about U.S. government, what I learned and spent four years and I'm still paying my student loans on Amen. about U.S. politics, like, this is not what I was taught. Like, yeah. this is not what the, um, they're not my founders, but the founders of the U.S., like, sure. this is not what they had in mind. Like, yeah. this is not what they had in mind. This is the complete opposite of what they had in mind, you know? Donald Trump is giving Andrew Jackson a run for worst president of all time. Mm, mm, mm. Native Americans might disagree. Yeah. But I think that, I think <laughs> that... Donald Trump's impact on on politics is hard to explain because I think that there has been a growing um, growing frustration in the middle class. Mm-hmm. This is what we're talking about. Yep. There has been no economic growth in the middle class since the 90s. Yeah. All right, y'all. So I'm not going to get lost in the weeds of numbers because I'm not an economist and this is not an economics podcast. But I will say that economic stagnation and dramatic differences between the upper, middle, and lower economic classes have been something economists have been saying for years. And this is not new, but if it's new for you, there you go. 
One article that I looked at from the Pew Research Center examined this, and they found that the middle class has actually experienced a decrease in their overall household incomes compared to the economy since 1971. It's slowly been decreasing. And even when there were jumps, it hasn't been significant jumps like the upper class. So to even back up what Gustavo is saying, the rich keep getting richer, the middle class have stayed about the same, and the lower class have barely experienced any economic increase, any major economic increase in almost 50 years, which is absolutely insane. Yet the rich keep getting richer. Yep. So the middle class is frustrated, and the Republicans are frustrated, you know, Republican middle class. Yep. They don't know why they're frustrated. They mm. don't understand that capitalism is the best system ever, for sure. But we don't have capitalism in this country of cronyism. Mm. We have where the rich people help the rich people. It's socialism for the rich, as I think Bernie likes to say it, or maybe Joe Biden. It's socialism for the rich, capitalism for the poor. Mm. And it's always been that way. The whole trickle-down system has always been that way. But that, com- that, stag- that stagnant in, that, in the middle class, mm. and combined with the technology that we've had, imagine that you and I are about the same, we're the same age. We started out with cassettes and, you know, the internet making a lot of noise to start and yep. all this jazz. To now, we have, like, computers in our hands. Mm-hmm. This process has cut out a lot of people of the economy. Yep. A lot of people who had jobs, either those jobs got outsourced to other countries because it just made more sense. Yep. Capitalism. Or their job's gone because of technology. All of those people don't like to hear you need to learn a new skill. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? They want to blame somebody. And I hate to do this because I think it's a little drama. But I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of flamboyant. I'm a little dramatic. That's what happened in, uh, in Germany, mm. right? They said, it's not our fault. It's not us. Yep. It's them. Mm. And Donald Trump has been the best yep. at saying it's not us, it's them. Yep. It's the immigrants. Yep. It's this, it's that. And by the way, immigration is good for this country regardless of how it happens. Yep. If we didn't have illegal immigrants, you wouldn't have food. Yeah. And this almost happened, right? Because Donald Trump was threatening immigrants. And food was spoiling on the fields. Yep. I wrote an article that actually got published in the newspaper in San Francisco on H-2A visas. Mm. These people come in slave-like conditions, no yep. joke, to work for pennies on the dollar to provide us food. If we didn't have that, we'd be done. We'd be done. And a lot of them get fake Social Security numbers. What does that do? That pays into taxes, but that means you can't get taxes out. Yep. Social Security would be done by now. There wouldn't be Social Security money anymore. <laughs> They're legitimately subsidizing yes! Social Security. They're subsidizing yeah. and that's when big. People, yeah, and when people like use the excuse that, oh, like these immigrants are like sucking us dry, I'm like, what are you They're talking about? Yeah. They're helping and us. They're helping us. And every economist will tell you the same thing. Yep. And the second generation of immigrants, right? Yeah. So let's say your dad came here from Mexico. You, you produce more and contribute more to the United States than the average American. Yep. You're more likely to open a business. You're more mm. likely to go to college. Mm. And I, so this anti-immigrant sentiment is just rooted in a lack of education. Yep. And Donald Trump loves it. He loves it. He loves he it. He capitalizes on because it. Because average, the average member of his base is not very highly educated. Yep. They don't know. So some guy in Wisconsin is really afraid of the Mexican border. Mm-hmm. Even though it's hundreds of miles away from him, yep. he's very afraid. Yep. And Donald Trump tells him to be afraid. Even though the average immigrant commits less crime than an American. Yep. You're more likely to be killed by an American citizen than an illegal immigrant. All right, y'all. I want to make this as clear as day. There is no, absolutely none, zero evidence that suggests that immigrants, whether they are documented 
or not commit any more crime than native-born citizens of the U.S. In fact, there is a study from 2008, um, a man by the name of Ruben Rumba, he is a sociologist out of UCI, had an article published from the Police Foundation entitled Undocumented Immigration and Rates of Crime and Imprisonment, Popular Myths and Empirical Realities. It said that the perception that the foreign-born, especially illegal aliens, are responsible for higher crimes is deeply rooted in American public opinion and is sustained by media, anecdote, and popular myth. A more recent article, 2018, written by Anna Flagg, said that places with a sharp rise in the immigrant population experience increases in crimes at rates no more frequently than those with modest or no growth in immigration. So the idea that immigration leads to an increase in crime is a lie. It's fear-mongering and it's xenophobic. These are just the stats. That's the, those are facts. And that's what's annoying to me is that people frame this as a political discussion. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. They're just numbers. Yep. They're just numbers. Numbers aren't Democrat. Numbers aren't Republican. Yep. They're just numbers. Yeah. So, but he's been a master. But I don't even think that's his legacy. His legacy that's going to leave a, a long-lasting imprint mm. on America is his just systemic and successful campaign of misinformation. Mm, yeah. This anti-intellectualism that he's just unleashed on the world he has legitimized QAnon those crazy conspiracy theories oh my god he has legitimized all these people the anti-vax people all of these people now say my opinion in the 10 minute YouTube video I watched is better than or at least comparable to your expertise and I'm just sitting here thinking dude look at other countries that have followed the science that have done things correctly, mm. they're back up and running. The U.S. is 4% of the world, but 25% of deaths. Mm. Why is that? That's because Donald Trump, our leader, is sitting there. Donald Trump sits in a room. Four extras walk in and say, hey, this is what we should do. He goes, mm, I don't think so. I think I know better than you. And he does what he wants to do. Right? And we've seen that over and over and over and over again. Yep. He shouldn't even be in office. He should have been removed yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> Now I'm going to rant. But my yeah, point are is... You, are, are, you, are you talking about when he was impeached? Or are you talking, oh, oh, man. Don't get let's, me started. We won't get started Don't on get that, me but. on that. <laughs> but yeah, so I think his lasting impression on American politics, which is going to last... And by the way, I don't think he himself as a persona is going to last very long. Mm. Look at Richard Nixon. Look what happened to him, right? Yeah. Back in his day, everybody loved Richard Nixon. Yep. They're all about him. Yeah. And then he comes out as a racist. Everybody who knew Richard Nixon already knew that. Yep. And he's, you know, you got Watergate. Mm-hmm. And now today, you won't find a single person that says they like Richard Nixon. Yeah. They'll swear on their grave. Oh, I never. Oh, he's a crook. I never thought. Same thing's going to happen to Donald Trump. Well, there was um, the percentage of people that were against him getting impeached, Richard Nixon getting impeached, it was overwhelming. Yeah. I think it was like 80%. People like they, loved him they, at they, the time. They, were loving, they loved him. They said, this is terrible for the country. It'll rip us apart. Don't yeah. do it. Um, but... <laughs> They had, <laughs> but politicians back then had more backbone. Yeah. Because I kid you not, and I would die on this hill. Oh, I'll there die on it with you. way more to get Donald Trump out of office than there was for Richard Nixon. Oh, like for yeah. me, I'm like, Richard Nixon, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. This is like, oh my God. And the yeah. amount of evidence we have is undeniable. Yeah. It's irrefutable. Yep. This, if you if it was one or the other, I'd be like, get Donald Trump's ass out of here. Yeah. Are you crazy? Yeah. But yeah, I think that... This sentiment of anti-intellectualism and fake news, mm-hmm. that's going to last a long time. Yeah. It's going to be very hard to overcome this. Yeah. 
uh, and he's just like the boomer generation that's just eating all this up, mm-hmm. that might die with them. Yeah. Honestly. He is a persona, I promise you, very next election. The Republican Party is going to get their asses wiped this election. They're going to try and say, Donald Trump, wasn't that crazy, you guys? None of us supported him. No way. I mean, I did support him. Yes, I was. But like internally, I was just in such a battle. And I didn't want to do it. You know? That's coming. Yeah. And my favorite thing, this will be the last part of this rant. <laughs> my favorite thing right now is the misinformation campaign. It's so deep that Donald Trump right now, right now, Donald Trump is using footage of America currently to tell us why Joe Biden is dangerous for America. <laughs> How? How, Sway? How? How is that possible? He's literally showing images of riots caused by, in part, his response to racism and saying, if you elect Joe Biden, this is what's going to happen. Their platform for this latest convention was the same as 2016. Okay, can we talk about that, please? Yes. Because I, I told, I, and I told Lindsay this. I said the Republicans do not believe that he's going to win. No. You cannot tell me that the, you're going to use the same platform, yes. and he lost the popular vote by three million. Yes. The same exact platform in 2016. You're going to use it they, again. They adhered so closely to what they did in 2016. They said Barack Obama is the current president like five or six times. Wow, I didn't even read that. I yeah. didn't even know that. Yeah, it's wow. uh, look it up. It's in the news. It came out. I think maybe the New York Times wrote so a whole article. They literally just used the they same. They literally thing. took the same speeches, and they're blaming Obama for things. Which, by the way, I wasn't a fan of a lot of the things Obama did. Mm. Obama bombed a lot of kids. He obviously did. not a fan of that. Yeah. But Obama inherited one of the worst economies in our history. Yep. Turned it around. Our economy was booming. Handed it to Trump. Trump, the growth slowed down. He's done okay. Yeah. He hasn't done a historic numbers as he would tell you. Yep. But then to run the same thing and now he's complaining about Obama, you've been in power for four years. Yeah. What do you mean? You're the president. You had a majority. I don't. <laughs> That's the thing too. You have a majority. Yes. In the both the Senate and Congress. Yes. How like for the first two years he did two years, bro. Like yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, and then. And then it hits even more like you lose you lose the house in 2018 like landslide across landslide. US, which is pre- telling of what's going to happen yes. in 2020. Oh yes, but yeah, dude, people who are saying he's going to win, I honestly just don't think you understand politics. Yeah, I don't think you understand how numbers work. Yep, and I don't think you understand how uh, our judi- our system works at yep. all, our electoral system, because he won, so he lost by three million popular, right? He won the electoral college big. Yep. Why? Well, in a lot of he won a lot of small counties, mm. and he won counties by like a thousand people. Yeah, it wasn't by a lot. It's the slimmest possible yeah. margins. He won Michigan by ten thousand seven hundred and four votes. So yeah. basically, I was looking at the numbers the other day, and every of every county he won, if everybody who voted for Gary Johnson, who's who I voted for, or voted third party, if they would have instead voted for Hillary, she would have smashed him. Yep. And you know how many people vote third party? Very small number. Yeah. So, and, by the way, we had Hillary Clinton, who was one of the worst candidates to ever be, at least in my opinion, to be in a Democratic ticket, not because she's a woman, which is not popular already, Mm -hmm. you have to think of where we are, the United States, but because she was awful. I mean, she called people deplorable. She, her campaign was terrible. Her campaign was essentially, I'm not Donald Trump, which should be enough, but it's not. Yeah. And it was a terrible campaign, and she, people didn't like it. She wasn't relatable. Mm-hmm. Now, not even like the elect a woman for the first time thing was enough. 
So the voting was the voter turnout was abysmal. Yeah, abysmal. it was. Yeah, it was bad. It was really Anytime bad. the voting turnout is low, it favors Republicans, mm. which is why Republicans want, you know, they want IDs at the polls. They don't want you automatically registered to vote. Republicans' tactics rely on voter suppression. Mm-hmm. You know, they rely on it. I mean, look up gerrymandering. That's, that's their whole game. Yep. That's what happened to Hillary Clinton. This year, we have Kamala Harris, who you can bitch and moan about Kamala Harris's record. Mm-hmm. A lot of those are legitimate complaints. Yeah, but she's done a lot, in the, specifically in the last year, to s- switch it around. Yeah. yeah. No, I think, I mean, what's her face? Uh, Tulsa Gabbard killed her on stage. Yeah, she did not have a response for no, it. And that's the thing. And that was the thing. And, and I, I have my own gripes about how they're, they've covered Kamala ever since she came out. Um, I It just has not been the same. You know, even didn't even take her as a legitimate, you know. Well, they're doing contender. the whole Obama birtherism thing to her right now. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just been, it's just been, un, it's just been unbelievable. Okay, I will contend that Senator Kamala Harris deserves critique. I mean, if you're in public office, if you're a public servant, your whole entire record is up for debate, and you have to answer for it because the decisions that you make, the the things that you do, the things that you don't do, impact the people that you're supposed to be serving. And so. I'll say that about that. Um, but what I don't want to see is that Senator Harris or any other black or brown person uh, being held to a completely different standard by media and journalists that don't actually reflect the diversity of our nation. There is a huge lack of diversity in journalism. As it is right now, there's only 7.5% of people, of black people, in the American newsroom. That's absolutely absurd and i would argue and i'm pretty sure that i'm right that the current demographic of journalists across the u.s is not even culturally equipped to cover the news with the nuance and depth necessary for an ever increasing diverse population in american society so we need more journalists of color we need their full perspective we need their culture we need their amazing talent and skill anyway so, sorry continue your poem but Oh, um, yeah. As her as a VP and Joe Biden, who has just one of the most recognizable names in politics today, mm-hmm. I think they went in a landslide. Yeah. And I think that two things are going to get combined. One, the excitement for being the first black woman to be vice president, mm-hmm. right? Just like Barack Obama had it in 2008. Yeah. People got out to vote just because he's a black guy. Yeah. Okay, people loved him. He's a great speaker and all that. Yeah. But some of that was just, let's just vote for the first black president. Mm-hmm. So she's going to get a lot of that. And two, I think now we've seen Donald Trump how dangerous of a president he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't think we're slipping into fascism, you don't know what fascism is. Yeah. So I feel like the term fascism or fascist gets tossed around a lot. So I just want to provide like an actual definition for it as best I can. Um, so first, fascism is a very complex ideology. In fact, a 2017 article by Jesse Slay says that there are many definitions of fascism. Some people describe it as a political action others a political philosophy, and still others a mass movement. Most definitions agree, though, that fascism is authoritarian and promotes nationalism at all costs. We're slipping into fascism quickly. Like fast. Fast. Yeah. There was secret police in Portland. Yep. Secret federal agents in unmarked cars without badges. And just grabbing people. Snabbing people. Yep. Have I heard this before? I don't know. Does Gestapo ring a bell to you? Yeah. Are you joking? Yep. You want to talk about constitutional rights, due process? And conservatives aren't concerned about this. Mm-hmm. They're more concerned about property than rights. Yeah. It's it's the he's completely hijacked the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention, just not to mention his fiscal policy 
and tariffs and all of this is anti-free market. Not to mention that. Yeah. But his take on constitutional rights, this is the guy. He literally said this, and I can't believe this isn't plastered everywhere. He literally said, first we take the guns, then we do the due process. Quote, he's the most anti-Second Amendment president in decades. And we're still behind. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. So I think that people, and some Republicans have flipped over. I mean, you saw how many Republicans were at the DNC. Yeah, there's so many. You see the Lincoln Project mm-hmm. is all Republicans. Yep. And I think that he hasn't gained any new voters. Mm-hmm. I think no one who, who's, who's seen what he's done think, oh, yeah, well, that was a good move. And he's leaning really heavy on his base, too. Like, he oh, has yeah, not that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He has not gotten any new voters. Yeah. He's just relying. He's relying on people who are uh, just worried about their 401k because they think he's done a great job with it. I would disagree, but okay. And they're, and they're single-issue voters. Mm-hmm. I think single-issue voting has always been a huge problem yep. since, I want to say, the 70s when the Republicans corralled the Christians into their party. Oh, yeah, into, yep. And I think it's been a huge problem since then because we've gotten this, we've been stuck in this system you're talking about. Yep. But I think the fear of Donald Trump, coupled with the excitement for Harris, is going to be a landslide victory for Democrats. Yeah. And I'm very happy about it, and I normally wouldn't say that. <laughs> I've been looking at a lot of stuff in like the current state of the Republican Party, and I'm just like so curious as to what's going to happen with it. Because mm-hmm. I've told people that like politics in the U.S. as we know it are they're going to be forever changed. Like we cannot go back no. to like the way things were. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to look like, and especially the Republican Party. That is, I don't even know. Let me say this though, because I think that something gets missed in American politics by people who are either unaware or just uneducated. The Republican Party in America is as close to fascism as we have in the world, almost. I mean, outside of obvious places like China and North Korea. Hmm. I'm talking like in a democratic society. Because if you look at the political spectrum, our conservatives are unbelievably far right compared to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Our Democrats are conservatives. Like Joe Biden would be a conservative in Europe. In Europe, he'd be the right-wing party. Bernie Sanders would be like slightly left of center. In most countries. Yeah. Why is that? Because most countries have universal health care. Mm. Most countries have paid leave. Most countries have stricter anti-discrimination laws. So I think that... But I think that us as a collective in America are moving left. Mm. And I think, it's, I think it's smart. Because we're starting to see that, as I was talking about at the beginning of this, we just haven't benefited from the riches of America. Mm-hmm. The middle class and lower just have not benefited. And our medical system is in shambles. Our insurance, health insurance is in shambles. Mm. It's all awful. And we look at other places that spend a lot less money on people per capita on healthcare and do yeah. a lot better. Education too. The U.S. is very, our kids are very dumb. Trickling and we're leaning into like this idea of American exceptionalism right now, <laughs> which is like. Yeah. It's which, a touchy subject. Careful. It is. It is. And, and so and, and my thing is, is like, I don't know how we, how we continue to strive and be- believe this idea that like we are just number one every absolutely every single thing. Yeah. Which is like, I feel you because I've been to other countries and I'm like, I feel you. But like we got to be realistic about our expectations when we compare apples to apples, right? Yeah. When we compare apples to apples. We got to be realistic don't about make our me, expectations. Don't make me do this, man. <laughs> don't make me do this. You're making me do this. America has been number one for one very simple reason. World War II. Go ahead and do it. I, I knew you were going to do it. I, both, of us, <laughs> both of us already knew it. Let's World, go ahead and talk World about II. it. World War II. World War II was everything. Well, we could even we can argue World War One. We can argue any 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 war I that think, we most wars that we've been in. I think I would say World War One partly. I would say World War Two mostly because Europe was destroyed. Mm, okay. I Germany see that. Yeah. was destroyed. Yeah. We were the only people manufacturing anything of value. We were selling it to both sides until they attacked us. 
and we were making up just a killing. Yeah. And then what happens? Germany's like, we got to rebuild. And America's like, oh, we got stuff to rebuild. You want to rebuild? We got rebuilding stuff. We'll sell it to you. Yep. No problem. Europe, you got to rebuild too? You guys don't have anything because all your factories got blown up and your country's in shambles? We got stuff. Buy it from us. And American manufacturing went to the roof. Yep. America used to be where things were built. And that's why that's one of the reasons people are so afraid of China. Because now China's where everything's built. But it used to be America. And after World War II, that's why people always talk about the 50s, right? Not black people. But white people <laughs> always talk about the 50s. They were so great. Yep, make America great. I yeah. mean, let's not talk about only 2% of Africans ever got out to see that GI Bill. Don't talk about that. Yep. Don't talk about redlining. Don't talk about that. Yeah. Just talk about how white people got to move to the suburbs and buy cars. And where those cars got made? Right here in America. Yep. They got made where the Lions play. Yeah. That's exactly where they got made. Yeah. They don't anymore. Almost nothing gets made here. Now we're a service industry. And we're bad at it. And we don't make anything. Now, the whole country, what our country runs on now is the military-industrial complex. Mm -hmm. The whole country runs on that. Yep. Because that's what we've always done. Right? Yep. We used to make weapons. We still make weapons. Sometimes we've got to make a war out of it to sell any weapons. Sometimes we've got to imprison people to make weapons for cheap. I'm touching a lot of subjects here. But what I'm saying is America has never been this place of like crazy innovation and the people here are just inherently smarter. No, America's opportunistic. Yep. America got the right time in history. They nailed it. Mm -hmm. And now they're a superpower for 60 years. Yep. Okay. And 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 we like to believe that we just did it because like we're we better. Just, we just did it and we're better and we're like, better. you know, this America's is God given better. and it's just, no. it really is it not. And by the way, I mean, American American, you know, supremacy, let's not look at any other empire in history because it's a bat of an eye for most of those empires. Yeah. America won't even last that long, in my opinion. We're not going to be the Roman Empire or anything like that. No. Not even the Inca Empire. I think people forget how young. Very US, young. Like, very, very young. Very, very it's young. funny you say that, though, because people bring that up when I talk about uh, criminal justice. They say, well, America's very young. You know, we're still... You've gotten an argument like that? Yes, of course. I've gotten everything. I've gotten everything. Yeah. Some people <laughs> just said, the country's very young. We're still developing. And I said, listen, that would have made sense if the internet didn't exist. If information was only in books, if this was like 1300 or the Dark Ages, that would make a lot of sense. But we have the internet. The world's connected. The world's very small. We can look somewhere else and go, hey, look over there. They, that's what they did. Some of the conversations you have, man, yeah. I don't understand, bro. Yeah. I, don't... I like to teach people things, and yeah. I think this is worth talking about. Yeah. Um, and I like to learn things. Uh, these conversations that I've had haven't been very uh, useful for me in learning anything. Yeah. Except at how um, internalized the racism in this country is. Mm. And I wasn't aware of it, but seeing it so much even in my own church has been really discouraging. Uh, break down what you mean, like internalized. I mean that I think a lot of people in this country would say, like if you took 10 white guys, mm. right, and you asked them, and from all over the country, let's just take a sample, and you said, are you racist? They would all say no. At least nine of them would say no. Maybe one guy is proud of it. Who knows? Yeah. But the other nine would say, no, we're not racist. And then you ask them, okay, what do you think about black-on-black -black crime? And they and their response wouldn't be, black-on-black -black crime isn't a real term. That was made up by Richard Nixon just to distract us from some of the issues. They would say, well, blacks are just violent. Like, that's what they would say. Yeah. And it's just that. It's that, like, mentality over and over and mm. over again. You ask these guys to describe a criminal... They describe you, right? They don't describe themselves. You ask them to describe someone who's lazy. They describe you or Mexican or a mix, you know? Yep. 
But if you ask them if they're racist, they would say no. They would say no, those are just the facts. I mean, it's not, I'm not racist. I didn't, because racism as a word has become a bad thing. Yeah. We finally made racism a bad thing. But the actual mentality is still hidden within people. It still exists. And we can see it plain as day in our laws and policies yeah. and how they're applied. They're just not de facto anymore. Yeah. They're de jure. They're in practice. They happen. They're still racist. Mm -hmm. Perfect example of this is redlining. Redlining, basically people couldn't get mortgages because they were all black. They live in a black neighborhood. Yep. We don't want to get mortgages to black people. We made that illegal, right? Redlining is illegal. Guess what's still legal? Discretion. Discretion's racist yeah. most of the time because guess who owns the banks? White people. And I, I, it was like last year, three banks got caught for just not giving qualified black people mortgages. Why? Because they're black. I remember that case. Yep. I remember reading yes. that case. Yep. So now I'm in these conversations with people from my church, people I respect, people I think are good people. And the amount of times they say something to me that's just so racist, or they just talk down on me, which I get a lot, mm -hmm. right? And I still get the, you know, go back to your country, yada, I still get that stuff too. I mean, I grew up with people thinking I lived in a hut because I'm from Brazil. The racism <laughs> is just so built in, yeah. you know what I mean? Which is why I love the term anti-racist. I think anti-racism is the key. Because some people aren't racist. We live in California. We're very lucky. I mean, even though we're in Orange County, we run into people who just aren't racist. But when they, when they are around racist, they don't do anything. They just, they're complicit. They're mm -hmm. just silent. And they think that's better. Well, I, I would argue that's still racist, but... I think it's just... I can see that. I can see your point. Yeah. I think it's just a fear of confrontation. And it's a fear... Not a fear. It's a laziness to do something that doesn't affect you. You know, like, yeah. think about the, how fracturing... And how damaging this conversation is to your relationships with your white friends. I've had guys I built churches with in Mexico call me an idiot, call me a moron, tell me I don't know what I'm doing, tell me I'm brainwashed, ask how my relationship with God is, put that in a question, because I said black lives matter. And I said this is important. And I said systemic racism is real. And these guys got aggressive with me in that way. Yeah. Now, if I was white, why would I do that? Why would I want that? Why would I want people to to turn on me like this? Yeah. If it doesn't well, affect me at all. And that's and but that's the that's the thing is like, it it really is like there's a cost that comes with it. For right? sure. I already both you and I already pay a cost just for having more pigment in our skin than other folks do, right? Like we got some melanin in our skin, and so like we already pay that cost every single day. And so if somebody says, you know what, like I'm not racist, then you need to pay the toll. Mm. Um, you need to also pay that toll of what that means. Yeah. That means like when you speak up and, and you speak truth, that means that you, you will lose friends because I've lost friends. For you know sure. what I'm saying? Like I've lost opportunities. I've switched jobs. I've taken jobs where it paid me a whole lot less um, because like I didn't want to be in an environment where I had constantly had to defend myself or just walk away or literally be by myself. You know what I'm saying? And so... When I encounter people of like, you know, like, I just, I'm trying and I just don't know how to do it. I'm just like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm serious. Like, yeah. I don't know what you want me to tell you because yeah. like, you want me to teach you how to not be racist. Yeah. But I have had to learn how to be black from just jump. Amen. You know? So you, yeah. so, so you need to learn how to do this and yeah. I'll, I'll be a Yoda to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm not going to be in the thing. I'm not going to like spoon feed you answers but you need this is independent study you need to like learn how to do this on your own yeah. come to me when you have some really tough questions when you need some help processing and we'll do that I, I i'm willing to do that part i think the frustration that i have with folks that who say like i'm scared or i'm nervous or i'm like that i'm like you you 
are telling me yeah. that you're nervous, you're scared, that yeah. you don't want to lose that. That, that. I just find it. I just find it. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree with yeah. everything you said. Yeah. I would just put. You're always, I think you're always less graceful to these people than I am. And I, think, I used to be though. I, know, I used to I, I'm be. I'm sure yeah, you were. I used to be. Yeah. I, and I was going to say rightfully so yeah. probably with your experience. Yeah. I'm a big fan of incremental change. Okay. I think things often change incrementally. Yeah. George Floyd was a catalyst for yeah. this country. But the catalyst, even catalysts don't, usually don't enact fundamental change. A catalyst just moves the incremental a little faster. In my wildest dreams, I'm a very pragmatic, reasonable person I like to think. In my wildest dreams, this is it. I understand that people were enslaved. I thought that was all over. I thought that racism was over when we elected Barack Obama. I think I might be wrong about this. I think I should look into it some more. Mm. I think I should learn American history beyond what they taught me in high school because it wasn't super honest what they taught me in high school. And I think I'm going to listen to the experiences of some of these black people and believe them. That's it. If the whole country can get there... I would be so happy. Here's why. The whole discussion we're having is not an opinion discussion. It's just not. Racism is not a valid opinion. There are some opinions that are just not valid. Yeah. Racism is one of them. Racism is just not a valid opinion, so I don't count it. So here we have facts. Like you can't argue against systemic racism. It's impossible. It's American history. It's already happened. And you can't argue that someone's inferior to you just because they're browner. That's not a legitimate position either. So if people are just willing to learn and they're just willing to listen... My guess is they end up where I am right now. My guess is they read all this stuff, or I'll feed it to them. I don't care. I've done it before. <laughs> and they end up at the same place. They end up at the same thought of, okay, we need to fix, fundamentally change this country. Mm. We need to defund the police and put those resources somewhere else. They're too militarized. They get too much money to kill people. Mm. And we need to change things in this country. I think everybody gets there. Everybody who's not an outright racist. Yeah. Big caveat. Yeah. Everybody in the KKK is not going to get there. Yeah. But everyone who's just like, just grew up kind of racist, you know, everyone just grew up with these like kind of racist parents, just on the, very on the outline, you know, mm. I think all those people get there. Mm. And maybe I'm overly optimistic, maybe I have too much faith in humanity. I don't, I mean, we agree about the um, incremental change. I think you're more optimistic about who. <laughs> because I, I'll, I'll say it because like you'll have conversations with folks that i just won't bother with i don't think just because you're old doesn't mean you can't get it like yeah. i've had very great conversations with my in-laws yeah and and I've, I've broken it down and like if you are willing to like have an actual conversation like willing to engage i'm willing to do that and i will I will hear your opinion to understand where you're coming yeah. from. I have to like hear and get That's important. to the roots of it. And so like, but I think that somebody who has a fundamentally foundational like idea about how this country was built, designed, what it means now, like those are the people that I'm unwilling to like, I, I don't have the emotional energy. And so yeah. I've made it, I've made it, I've made up my mind. I'm like, I'm not, I can't waste my energy on you. Like, yeah. That's how it feels to me. No, but, but, and my thing is like, the fact that you can do that and you say that you can do that and like, that's what you're about. I'm like, as you're <laughs> saying that, I'm like, my initial, and to be quite honest, my initial thought is like, this dude is an idiot. <laughs> but, but like, he's going to burn out. But, but I'm also like thankful that like, that's the stance that you're willing, like you can do that. Like that's, you're willing to do that. You're willing to engage. Because both of us are needed, right? Both of us are yeah. needed in that conversation to, yeah. to like have those conversations because like personally I couldn't. 
like literally like the reptilian part of my brain would take over and then, like, <laughs> like i literally can't, i literally can't you know what i'm saying and so yeah. like i i legit feel that both of these are needed so yeah Oof, okay <laughs> there was a lot in that episode this seems like a really good spot to go ahead and pause um, this is only the first part of my conversation with Gustavo. Again, he is the host of the Goose is Loose podcast. Go ahead and check that out. You can find it anywhere that you get your podcast. Um, there is already a part two up um, in the stream. So go ahead and check that out in the feed. But we would both love to hear kind of what things got brought up for you in this conversation. How does this resonate with y'all? Please hit me up on Instagram and check out that second episode. This podcast was produced by myself, Jonathan Dumas, with major production help and music by the oh-so-talented Mr. Tony Deras. And if you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. We would love to hear from y'all. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at rtwdpodcast. That's rtwdpodcast on Instagram. All right, y'all. Till next time. Peace. <laughs>